Why, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Raw, Real, and a Lot of Recovery. Jim Hernandez here, uh, joined today by with Nicole Walker-Lyons uh, from Canada. Uh, Nicole, say hello. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Nicole, you and I spoke for the first time ever, probably like six minutes ago. We had never even had a conversation. So this is... Uh, this is pretty much as uh, we're just going to freestyle it. <laughs> right on. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, everybody, thank you so much for, for listening to this podcast. Uh, it's been a typical probably like 10 days since I recorded an episode. Uh, this podcast is always brought to us by Valor Fitness Clothing, which is my uh, my clothing line dedicated to aiding and inspiring uh, people in recovery and brainwashed coffee. We'll get into that a little bit later. But uh, yeah, we have uh, Nicole Walken, Walker Lyons here. She has a hyphenated last name, so fancy. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole, is that because you're, did you hyphenate it for your, when you got married? I did, yes. And also because I really like the way it sounded because I love my own last name, Ly- or Walker and Walker Lyons. It just, I don't know, I thought it just sounded cool. So it sounds pretty badass. I'm not going to lie. It kind of totally, sounds like right? royalty. <laughs> you know? <laughs> One of your lines is seize the day, right? Isn't that one of the things you've taken in sobriety and kind of adopted? Absolutely, 100%. Carpe diem. <laughs> <laughs> I got that little tidbit from listening to a, a podcast you did recently with a, a friend, I believe it was called Fashionally Sober. Is that correct? Yes, yeah, it is. My really good friend, Ben. Nice. Yeah, I love that. When I, when I, when I heard you say that, that you know, since you become sober, you wake up every day and you're just like, I'm going to seize the day. I was like, I had to write that down. I'm like, carpe totally. diem, bitches. <laughs> totally, totally. I get up and I'm just, I attack the day. Yeah, I'm ready to go. That is awesome. Uh, Nicole, when I listen to podcasts, I like to have a visual of who I'm listening to. So um, I like to kind of go look at the, the, the people that I'm going to be listening to on the podcast so I can see that. So for all of our listeners here, uh, would you mind dropping your uh, your IG handle? Absolutely. So it is Nicole Walker Lyons, and Lyons is L-Y-O-N-S, not like the animal. So Nicole Walker Lyons. There we go. Right on. And uh, I really enjoyed going through your uh, your IG. I think we, we first came across one another and started speaking probably. Today is uh, Saturday, March 20th. Who knows when the people who are listening to this will listen to it. But we started talking probably a couple of weeks back. And uh, man, your uh, your pictures are amazing. You're up uh, in the beautiful, beautiful Canada, uh, and right now there's a lot of snow up there. So a lot of your most recent posts are are you in the beautiful white north, and it looks gorgeous out there. It is. It's beautiful. Yeah. So I am originally from Toronto, but um, since or well, after I finished university, I moved out to Calgary, which is closer to the west side of Canada, so closer to Vancouver. Um, and so we are right at the foothills of the Rocky Mountains. So it provides access to just amazing places to hike, to trail run, to visit. Like I couldn't ask for a better place to live. It's really awesome. You haven't even said A yet. You know, whenever I talk to people from Canada, they always like to say A. <laughs> no, I'll, su- I'll surprise you with it later, right? Eh? <laughs> you are, right? You just did it right now. <laughs> I did that on purpose, but yeah. <laughs> I know, eh? <laughs> I love that. And then, you know, it's funny is I I read a lot of your uh, a lot of your posts, and um, it's the what, the smallest little difference that always just cracks me up. I don't know why. It's the dumbest things amuse me, but uh, the how you because uh, it's French, you put the letter U in lots of words like odor, 
you put it in odor in a post I recently read. And then favorite has you in it a lot. So just there's little differences. Yes. Yeah. So um, Canada, we spell things similar to way um, the way like Britain and English European countries spell it. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a bit different from the U.S. for sure. Definitely. Do you know I've never been an actual when it's snowing? I've never been somewhere where it was actually physically snowing. I've what? been in snow before, but I've never been somewhere where it was actually falling out of the sky. Is that not the worst thing ever or no what? No way. Well, I mean, you know, sometimes I wish I wasn't in the snow when it was falling either. Like it kind of, it's not bad. Um, but when you get minus a few weeks ago, we got temperatures with a wind chill. It was like um, close to minus 50 Celsius. So it was pretty bad. And I definitely wish that I were in LA or somewhere warmer. So it, it can suck. But for the most part, it's pretty nice. That's just insane. Like, I don't know. No, thank you. Like, I'm, I'm good. I don't think I ever want to be in negative 50. I don't care if it's one chill factor, Celsius, Fahrenheit. <laughs> I don't care. If you put a negative before the number 50, I want nothing to do with it. I, I don't, don't blame you. I, I was I ready to just, like, pack up and leave. And I was just like, oh, yeah, pandemic. Can't go anywhere. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Deuces, as yeah. Jim's over here posting pictures poolside or in Venice Beach or something. <laughs> you know, um, there was really bad weather. I believe it was in Texas a couple of weeks ago, like really bad, where people's pipes were bursting, electricity was out, like it negatively affected people so bad. Yeah. And I was here and I purposely didn't post stuff because I just didn't want to rub it in. Like, in sobriety, I have a conscience. It blows my mind. I have a conscience. <laughs> I don't want to just shove stuff in people's faces all the time anymore one of the one of the miracles of sobriety for myself but uh we're talking to another miracle of sobriety right here and you you're coming up on uh, i think you just hit 11 months actually you're coming up on one year correct yes yeah it's gonna be a year april 17th that's so awesome yeah. congratulations thank you and we're definitely gonna touch base into that i'm really excited to have a perspective uh your perspective on this one and i'm so glad that you reached out to me and wanted to be on this podcast to share your perspective because uh, when you talked to me about it at first, you were so right. So many people do share a perspective of yours. And so many of my listeners and followers um, do not suffer from this awful disease of addiction. Thank God. Cause I do not wish this upon anybody. And I 1000% genuinely mean that when I say it. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, I, when I'm doing IG lives, I get so many comments from my friends that, um, that are, don't suffer from addiction and they're genuinely like interested and want to know and like just know, just just gain knowledge and their different perspectives for themselves. And so what you want to touch base on, I think is awesome. I'm super excited to get into that. But uh, real quick, you're a wife. And I think I just, in your podcast, did I hear mother? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I've never I went through your IG and I don't think I saw kids. No. And there's a reason for that. Um, she doesn't want to be a part of my Instagram. So I'm not <laughs> allowed to, yeah, I'm not allowed to take pictures. I posted something on her birthday, which was last month. And like, as soon as I hit go, like she was right in the room, take it down. So Ooh. yeah, that was, yeah, it was up and down in like a matter of 10 minutes. Bam. Yeah. She was on that more. Are you allowed to tell how old she is? Um, well, she doesn't really like being talked about, but yeah, she's 16. Okay. Yeah. All right. Hey, <laughs> you got to respect that. Is, is that you know, um, I have I have twins to an extent. I've donated semen for two really close friends years ago to uh, who are lesbians to have children, and they had twins. They're uh, thir 13 now. Huh? So 
Um, I technically have children on this earth that are from my, my DNA, but you know, I play more of the uncle role, which is, you know, probably the best thing I could have ever done not being a real parent. Cause I would have been the worst parent ever in my active addiction. I'm so glad that never happened. I don't know how. It, so this is always a godsend for, to, to me, but, uh, yeah, you're a travel blogger. You've always been a travel blogger. You recently turned sober travel blogger, which I think that's awesome. Um, do you want to talk about that real quick? Yeah. Um, so I travel a lot. I've always traveled a lot. So, you know, when I started my Instagram page, I thought, you know, well, what am I going to talk about? But, you know, kind of the things that I like to do. So um, it just naturally gravitated towards traveling. And then when I decided to stop drinking, then I was kind of like, hmm, how is this going to change? Well, it didn't really. Um, you know, it's just I still travel and I well, not really anymore because of the pandemic but when everything is back to normal I will be traveling again the only difference is is I just won't be drinking when I travel so it's a little bit interesting because I I know that you know especially with traveling I used to enjoy going to resorts like when me and my mom we did a girls trip to Paris and you know we really enjoyed wine and um and I'm just looking forward to going to new places and to going back to places that I really like going to um, but just with a completely different perspective, because I mean, I'm sure not everybody in France drinks. So I'm looking forward to trying non-alcoholic wines or, you know, just different things and and coming at it from a different perspective. I believe I heard you say Spain was your favorite place, correct? Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> See, you know, I take notes. You know, I listen to your stuff. I read your, <laughs> your posts. I, I, I'm not that dumb. You know, I, don't, let my, don't let my dumb looks fool you. I can, I can jot some information down. <laughs> you know, I love that perspective when you talk about going back and, and trying things, you know, travel to the same spots, but doing it sober. Yeah. Um, we'll get into your stuff in a second. But, um, you know, for me, oh, my gosh, like just when I traveled, which my, my traveling experience is very limited. But whenever I did, I always just budgeted two to three hundred dollars a day just for alcohol. And it was just boom. And so that was a legit thing that I did. Two to $300 a day was budgeted just for alcohol. And I never even experienced the beauty of most of these places I went to. So when you say go back and and travel sober, it's like, it's got to be a totally different way to prepare for something. I don't think you were ever that heavy of a drinker like I was. But when I prepared for vacations, like I literally would figure out bars and clubs, you know, not mountains places to snorkel stuff like that <laughs> we have to do that when i was there then yeah that was all the better but man i just i wasted my vacations inside of a freaking bar a building with four walls stuck there for six to ten hours a day just drinking and my experience of culture was who whatever i heard from the four or five people who would sit down on the bar stools next to me right right yeah but uh, so you're a sober travel blogger. How do you how do you prepare for that differently now since you're sober as opposed to when you traveled before? You know, it's like, I mean, I I wasn't too heavy of a drinker. Like, I mean, I would, you know, like, of course, on weekends and stuff, go out with my friends, you know, have a lot to drink and whatever. But um, but it wasn't my trips were never really centered around drinking. So, of course, the first time I went to Spain, I would I wanted to try the sangrias and uh, the Tempranillos and everything. So, you know, I just bought a bottle of cheap Tempranillo, sat on a beach, you know, some sandwiches and enjoyed, you know, having the bottle of wine. But after that was done and, you know, I shared it with my husband, it was, that was kind of it. So I don't think it's going to be too huge of a transition. It, it's just like I, 
just looking forward to doing something different because with Spain, you know, Spain is known for its, you know, like the tapas and the sangrias and sangrias are so good. They're really good. But somewhere in Spain, there's got to be a virgin sangria. So I'm just looking forward to trying out different things. So I don't think it's going to be that huge of a transition for me. Um, you know, just because even when I decided to stop drinking, it was kind of like I actually stopped um, early March of 2000. And then on April 16th, I drank. So my real, like I kind of had to reset my date to April 17th. So I think once I get something in my head, I'm, I'm pretty determined. So I, I just don't feel the need to drink anymore. So I, I know I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to look for things to do differently. You said March 2000. You meant March 2020, oh, correct? Oh, shoot. Yeah, March 2020. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> 20 years sober. <laughs> you know, um, so let's get into, into something real quick. Yeah. Um, because you, 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 what, you're, what you're mentioning right now is that drinking wasn't really ever a big part of your planning and stuff. Um, you know, I read your email that you sent to me. <clears throat> you, you, you sent... You, one of your, your things that you wanted to bring to light, you mentioned something that really jumped out at me is that you feel like maybe people don't respect you and you felt like maybe you use this word, correct me if I'm wrong, imposter in the recovery community. And you said you were worried that maybe people saw you and didn't think you qualified. If you use that word also, I believe if I can quote you, um, which is very fascinating to me. And I, I totally understand it. I've heard it. But you, uh, when you approached me about that, you felt like, it's something that maybe I hadn't heard or people didn't talk about too much, correct? Yeah, so I mean, a bit of an imposter syndrome because when, you know, interacting with the sober community, you hear a lot of stories, a lot of like dark stories, a lot of, you know, just like really dramatic things like rock bottom stories and things that not everybody can relate to because not everybody, you know, has has been through that. Like I never went to treatment, never did AA, um, it, it like that wasn't quite my story, but I also realized that if I was thinking about not drinking and thinking about the reasons why drinking wasn't right for me, then something about it was problematic, but it just didn't seem as, I, I don't want to use the word authentic, but yeah, I'm going to go with that as authentic as people who have had some really like bad shit happen to them for lack of a better word. Yeah, I mean, so you're, you're referring to rock bottom, and I love talking about rock bottoms, and I love the fact that everybody's rock bottom is different. Right. You know, we'll get into your uh, into into your story a little bit more in a second, but um, I love that your rock bottom wasn't my rock bottom, wasn't, you know, Tom's rock bottom, wasn't Samantha's rock bottom. I love that it was your rock bottom. And one thing I respect about your story so much, you have no idea, is – the fact that you were able to just take other people's experiences and other people's words and stories, and you were able to say, you know what? I don't want to experience that. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. I'm going to just trust that that's something I don't want to go. And you, you stopped. It's like, you know, when somebody tells me, don't touch that, it's hot. I'm going to touch it, you know, <laughs> and I'm gonna burn my finger and I'm going to, I'm going to cry like a little baby. And, but you're the person that says, okay, I'm just not going to touch it. Like you were forward thinking, you were just like, you noticed something was going wrong and you just, you learn from it. You just, I don't know if it was, you say blind faith or you just didn't like what you saw happening, but you decided to be the change right away as opposed to, um, you know, what we've referred to as yet. And let me explain what yet are to you. I brought that up to you. 
but uh, you know, lots of people that, you know, they think they don't have a problem drinking that, you know, I haven't, I've never gotten a DUI or I haven't um, you know, my wife hasn't left me. I haven't been fired from a job. I haven't become homeless, you know, but if they keep drinking and keep drinking the way you did, because we'll get into how you were drinking, it's what they call yet, mm-hmm. because that just hasn't happened yet. But if you keep drinking at that pace, it's going to keep escalating and get worse and worse and worse. And you're going to get that DUI. You're going to lose that job. You're going to lose your house. If you have a disease and you don't do something about it, it's just simply, and you keep drinking, it's just simply you haven't done it yet. Right. So it's a term that we use often, but I guess lots of people haven't heard that term. No, I've never heard that term before. That was, again, when you had mentioned that to me, like that was really interesting. I was like, huh, okay. Um, because no, I've never heard that that before, but it was interesting and it totally makes sense. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, um when you were growing up, just a quick question real quick. When you were growing up and you, in your mind, envisioned like an alcoholic, what did you envision? Um, I kind of envisioned, you know, like what you see on cartoons or in movies, like some hobo kind of stumbling around, burping a lot and, you know, that sort of thing. Like I, you know, or, or people who are just like, like, if, like in places that I didn't live or like just doing things that I didn't really grow up around or didn't see. So I didn't really have a really good understanding of like i mean it just seemed really foreign to me yeah okay yeah let's talk about your 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 childhood do you what kind of uh were your, are your parents together or uh uh how how was your what was your childhood, oh, childhood like it was awesome my parents are still together they're coming up to 50 years together um in uh-huh. uh 2023 it'll be 50 i don't know 2024 it'll be 50 years of marriage for them so yeah um yeah childhood is great we um traveled a lot we you know like lived in a nice home i went to good schools um yeah it was it was pretty idyllic actually did your did your parents were your parents drinkers at all or not Um, my dad he drinks a little bit um my mom she's not really like she'll have like a glass of wine every now and then again and get giggly whatever but um but no um yeah no she's not she's not a huge drinker gotcha that's awesome you know when i when from the the podcast i've listened to you speak at and the way i've i've interacted with you and the you know the feeling i get for social media you're obviously such a well-spoken woman you're you're very calm in your demeanor you seem extremely level-headed uh very worldly um just just exude elegance oh, so I'm, I'm very impressed Thanks, with that yeah. and you know that oh of course Thank yourself. Thank your parents. Your parents So, um, let's go. I think you, from what we talked about, you know, the things you said you didn't, you don't think you qualified. I think from things you shared with me, I think you, you definitely, uh, you talked to me about when you drank, you would, you would drink heavily and you would, you would think you would binge drink and, um, you would drink till 2 a.m. And then you, you would do just God awful things. And the next day you would be embarrassed about, and you would, uh, you know, you know, you'd wake up feeling, you know, awful do you want to when you drank do you want to what concerns you about your drink well it's um like i mean it wasn't that dramatic but of course like hanging out with friends and whatnot you know like you'd get into it and you know like stay up super late and everything and you know like i was kind of a i was a bit of a barfer so i'd like throw up or whatever and um wake up the next morning and feel like such a loser you know or um we play softball in the summer like with a beer league team so you know at our tournaments and everything like everyone would just get wrecked and 
yeah, I'm just like waking up just feeling sick because the hangovers are just horrible. Like, I mean, that was a catalyst too. like, I just never wanted to feel a hangover ever again. Cause I think they're disgusting. Like it just, it, I hate it so much. So yeah, just like being stumbly and throwing up and stuff like that. It just, it was, it just wasn't cool. And, and I, I really hated it. And then I would. Did you ever get to the point where like when you were throughout the day, you were just really looking forward to just like whatever it was to get to that drink. So you can't wait for this, you know, work to be over so you can get to a drink or you can't wait for drop the kids off at basketball so you can then open a bottle of wine. Uh, during the week, no, but like on weekends. Yeah. Like on Friday, you know, like um, if uh, like our daughter is at grandma's house or something, or um, we were playing in a tournament or something. Yeah, of course. Like that would be part of the fun, but during the week and whatnot, like I have to work, I've got stuff to do. So no, that wasn't a huge part of my life. Um, unless like there is a holiday and I had like Monday off or something, then yeah, drinking on a Sunday could definitely be a thing. You said yes. softball, right? You're a softball player. Uh, I don't know if you want to call it that. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> this is a social thing. Back catcher and run away from the ball, but yeah, <laughs> I've done it for a few years. <laughs> you and your husband have been married i think or together around 20 years i believe you have a baby <laughs> face so that you had a, so you're trying to say maybe you're 36 yeah, to 40 yeah, I'm over 40 actually yeah yeah you're over 40 wow okay I, I i wasn't sure i just i you know i i you have a baby face to me you mentioned that you and your husband have been together for 20 years. So just obviously the math, I was like, even if they were high school sweethearts, that puts her at 16 and now 20, you know, I can't do math very well. And I don't like it. You know, when I had, when I had to use the word hyphenated on your name earlier, that was way too many syllables. And I'm usually, you know, I had to make, I enunciated that correctly. Yeah, but, no, we, uh, we okay, met like 40. right when I was um, out of university. So I was still pretty young, we were babies. And um, after university, it was really difficult to find a job in Toronto. So um, I ended up moving out here. We were pen pals, actually. Yeah, oh, like, real pen pals, like not internet dating, like pen pals. How did that start? Let me guess. Did you in third grade or say junior high, did you put, uh, you know, because we did this in school because I'm old as <laughs> shit. I don't know if they do this anymore. But you would put you put a note in a in a balloon, and you guys would let them go. And then you would, did you ever do that? You put a note in a in a in a helium balloon, and you would let it go, and you would just hope whoever found it would then contact oh God, you back. No. Um, but what we did we did something kind of similar, where there was um, like teachers from other schools or whatnot, and then we um, put our addresses, and we put like a list of we answered a questionnaire, um, like things that we like doing or hobbies or whatnot, and then it was matched with somebody. Um, in a different country in a similar grade and then you got their address and you could mail back and forth but I still have pen pals that I've had for like like 20 years 20 plus years and he was just old yeah. school kids know nothing no. about that no. nothing about that that's pre that's pre you know yeah. email that's pre that's pretty a video game console yeah, system. That's, like, that's total old school. So yeah, like I mean, he was a pen pal and eventually graduated to, you know, instead of like sending a letter and waiting a month for it to get back, it's like, ooh, email crazy. Like I can send a letter to Australia and then, you know, five minutes later, Nikki's emailing me back, you know. So it's it's kind of cool. Yeah. It's insane. So when you were a pen pal with your husband, where were you guys where I were you and where Toronto, was he? And he's in Calgary. So he was my only Canadian pen wow. pal because I've got the pen pals and I'm still in touch with. 
Um, there's one from Germany, there's one from the Netherlands, and there's one from, uh, she used to be in New Zealand, but now she's in Australia. And then there was Tim. Yeah. Gotcha. Wow. Wow. That's <laughs> awesome. Um, that's so funny. You just bring it back. Like, oh my God, snail mail. Waiting for that mail. It's like, you know, I dreaded the phone bill coming because if I called somebody outside of my county, that was going to be like a <laughs> dollar a minute. And I was going to that. You know, so it was like back when you actually had to pay attention to your snail mail. So that, that's insane. It was so that's so exciting, funny. Like getting a letter in the mail and then we'd like send little gifts, like stickers and everything. So, I mean, not as you got older, we didn't do that. We were, we were like 17, 18, we weren't sending stickers. It was just like, um, by that point, it was like, it was, um, I got my first computer when I was 19. So like right then, and even then, like with email, I'm just like, Oh, I don't know about this. I don't trust this. Like, how does this work? I, I think I'm going to just stick with the letters and then like, you know, eventually got used to it and I was like, sweet. I don't know about you, but I was in those chat rooms trying to get girlfriends. <laughs> I, I, I did not know what a chat room was. I had to go to our university had a, um, had like a, a kind of um, internet cafe sort of thing. And somebody's just like, oh, do you have an email? Yeah. And so I'm like, what's that? And so, yeah, they set me up with an email oh. address. And I was just, I was so dubious about it. Cause I'm just like, I don't understand how this works. I can't wrap my head around it. Like it's not a letter. It's not a wire. Like how is my message being transmitted to somebody in a different country? It just, it was, it was kind of, yeah, it was Insane. kind of scary for me. And because I didn't understand it, I wasn't, you know, I didn't embrace it right away. Internet cafes were the best in college. Oh my God, I loved it. And then chat rooms. You know what I did one time? This is so funny. I can't even believe I did this. I'm still laughing. So I was in a chat room and I had this girl that we would, I don't even remember. She was in, she was probably like, I think, 200 miles away from me in California. Anyways, so we would make sure you'd have to be in the same chat room at the same time. And so um, there was no, you know, texting. You still, we still didn't have cell phones yet. And, uh, you know, you, if you wanted to send a picture, you'd have to scan it, but scanners weren't even there yet. I don't think scanners existed yet. So to exchange pictures, we had to then do the chat room, go into a private chat, give each other our addresses, and then oh, mail regular yeah, pictures. Yeah, I can totally see that. Because, yeah, pictures it wasn't a thing. Like, how would yeah. you get a picture? Yeah. Yeah, because I, this is before scanners, so you couldn't even scan a picture and email it yet. Email was just starting. Anyways, oh I'm just God. old as shit. Yeah, People listen like, to this. <laughs> look at how far we've come, hey? Insane, <laughs> hey? <laughs> All right. So when you were in high school and college, like when you did you did you drink a lot? Did you did you party? Like, has alcohol been your thing? Did you dabble in drugs or marijuana? Like, what was your like early teens or late teens, early twenties like? I didn't drink when I was growing up. Like, my parents were pretty um pretty strict. Like, they're both Jamaicans, so like there was no messing around or anything. Like, I was I went to school, I got good grades, and that was like that was my life. Um, but when I went to university, I went to um, school in southwestern Ontario, so about four hours south of Toronto, so like on the um, border of Michigan in Canada. And then the people who yeah. um, I went to school with, a lot of them are from small towns around the area and everything. And that's when I, like, I remember my, like, first, like, real drink. Like, I'd had some beer and stuff before, like, um, at parties or Christmas or stuff, like, when my parents were around. But, like, as, like, on my own, I remember the first drink that I had was rye. And it was so bad. It was horrible. Like I, I like to this day, I smell rye and it just brings me back. It's horrible. Like that's the one thing I've never been able to drink since. Um, like a yeah, rye whiskey? Like, yeah. Like I, I guess people like make rye and Coke or whatever, but yeah, like, yeah, like rye. Yeah, Ugh, yeah. Gross. 
Yeah. You're just yeah. right. That's fine. All right, we're going to get into uh, one of my favorite segments here. It's called the Be Real segment. Uh, I think your uh, I think your buddy Ben calls yeah. it the lightning round. <laughs> but I call it I'm the Be so Real scared. segment. The segment sponsored. <laughs> Don't be. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I've tamed, I'm, I'm taming this podcast down. I call it raw, real, and a lot of recovery. And I haven't even really been that raw with any of my guests yet. I haven't really, you know, talked about any like taboo things or anything yet. Not that might come, but uh, you know. I'm just not that person. I think if this was, if I had this podcast like 10, 15 years ago, oh my God, I would said the worst, most God awful things. I would, nobody would listen to it and, or I'd probably be arrested. But anyways, um, <laughs> we have no friends. People would just, like, just say that. Oh my God. Like what an asshole. But uh, this is brought to us by Brainwash Coffee. Uh, Brainwash Coffee is uh, 50% of the proceeds go back to recovery. Uh, Billy over brainwash is going to be getting in touch with you soon. And if you drink coffee, he's going to send you some coffee. Um, so that's awesome. If you're listening to this and you t- uh, use the go to brainwash coffee, uh, use the code VFC 20, you get 20% off your, your coffee order. So it's a good company. I support all things recovery. These guys that's really awesome. do what they say. Awesome. So I love them. Yeah. So this is going to be pretty tame, but I, I think I got some fun questions for you. Are you ready okay. for this? <laughs> all right. What's the last thing that you and your husband got in a fight about? Um, him leaving his dishes in the living room. So, um, so yeah, like I lose because I'm I'm fairly organized. I don't like leaving kind of food around and everything. And at night, like when he's watching TV and stuff, like he'll have chips or uh, like ice cream or whatever, and he'll leave his bowls in the living room. He'll pick it up the next day, but I get up before him, so I come downstairs and there's blankets all over, and yeah, so I snapped. Wow. Okay. Ch- uh, childhood Sorry, celebrity crush. Yes. Really? Yeah. That one didn't last very long. What do we- that oh was bad. God, really bad. That. Oh, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Right. Dumbest pet peeve. Dumbest what? Sorry. Pet peeve, um, like a pet peeve of yours that you're embarrassed of. Um. Oh my god. I don't know. I, I don't like it when people leave the toilet seat lit up. Like, not the seat part where you sit on, but, like, the lid. The actual lid. That, yeah, that pisses me off. Okay. I don't know why. If you walked into the dollar store and you only had $3, what would you buy? Um, cleaning supplies. <laughs> okay. Tell us your favorite joke. I, I don't... I, yeah, oh, my God. I feel like such a... I don't... Um, Things to do with animals. I like I like animal jokes. Like nothing like racist or over the top or anything. But yeah, like animal jokes. Boys and men or new kids on the block. Ooh, new kids on the block. Wow. Well, see, we're the same age, so I can I can say some yeah, of this stuff, and yeah. you know what I'm talking about. I'm not I'm not so right. big of an R and B fan. I do bring- like some some boys and men, but yeah, new kids on the block. Like that was yeah, it was insane. Motown Philly <laughs> back <laughs> again doing a little. <laughs> If you could bring back one public figure, celebrity, musician, some anybody who's passed away, unfortunately, who would it be and why? Hmm. Celebrity. Oh, my God. I'm taking way too long to answer this. Oh. Have you ever been arrested? <laughs> No. Never. You ever been in a cop car? Other than the ride alone? No. 
Okay. I, like, uh, Nike or Adidas? Fired. I don't even know if you know that I own Valor Fitness clothing because I just followed you earlier today and we weren't following one another. That was a trick question, oh by God, the way. What? You're fired. Because you were supposed to say neither. I oh only well, wear Valor well, Fitness clothing, even though I know you don't wear it. Order, but I haven't yet. So, yeah, that'll ask me that question again in another month or so. <laughs> Uh, Whitney Houston or Madonna? Okay. Here is one based on your podcast. If you either had to wear pajamas outside in public for the rest of your life or never have sex again, what would you pick? Uh, Never have sex again. I I can't do the pajamas. No, I like, no, I won't. I won't. So yes, you're giving up sex. I never wear pajamas. In no, order I to... just know I have too much self pride. I want to. <laughs> I know. You know why I said I that, huh? You know why I said that. I'm telling you, you I pay do. attention you, to your like, podcast. 100%. Yeah, you definitely do. You mentioned that you just have too much dignity you to wear pajamas out. I, I, I can't do it. I can't. Stay by the bell or facts of life. Yep. Bam. Uh, where would you rather Where would you rather live, Toronto or Los Angeles? Yeah. Bam. All right. Did I already ask this one? Whitney Houston or answer. Madonna? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Bam. Oh, that's man, it. That was awesome. That's all I got. <laughs> so you didn't really have a joke. So that was whatever. And the public figure. So yes. that's fine. But yeah. Be Real, brought to you by Brainwash Coffee. I hope you guys had a good time listening to that. We're going to get back into uh, just a little bit of uh, what we have left here. Um, you know, you stopped drinking and alcohol really never had that big of a negative effect on your life, which is awesome. Was there like one specific person, uh, family member, celebrity, something that motivated you to to want to do that? Did you see somebody that, that, that stopped it and they made a big change in their life in such a positive way? Or was it just because like, you just didn't, you know, want to do it anymore. I, you I just didn't want to do it anymore because I, like, I just, I really thought that there was just so much more that I could be doing and it was holding me back. So I thought, you know, if I am only, I don't know, operating at like 60% while drinking, if I'm not drinking, you know, what more could I do? How much better could my life be? Like how much more fit could I be? Um, what else could I get done while I was not recovering from a hangover. So it wasn't really anyone in particular. It was just me looking at myself and deciding that drinking just brought zero value to my life. Uh, one thing that I think you uh, had mentioned in the, in the email you sent me, um, you had mentioned that when you went out and you did drink with your friends, you would binge drink and you would drink till like 2 a.m. Were you ever able to just drink and just have um, one drink and that was I, it? I never really wanted to. Like, I mean, I, like it was, you know, like I would say, and you know what, actually, I guess, um, I guess sometimes maybe I did want to, so I'll correct myself. Like, um, the day that I drank before I stopped drinking after I'd stopped drinking for a period of time, like it was supposed to be like, I'll just have like one little glass of wine and like cut to 2am, like wasted. And again, like just, just feeling like an idiot and feeling sick the next morning and throwing up and everything. And it was just like, that was it. So yeah, I guess there have been times where it's like, okay, yeah, I'll just come out for one or two or you know, I'll just have a beer or whatever. And then it, it just like, it always just, you know, it just got fun and everyone was around and you don't want to leave. And then after you kind of go 
to a certain point, it's like, well, you know, screw it. Like, just keep going. You know, what's crazy with me is <clears throat> I was just in that environment so much. I was, and when I, when I speak to other addicts in recovery, it's, we, we commonly say that we're almost as much addicted to the environment. Like for me, it's just, it was just chaos. Like my life was just absolute chaos. I was addicted to mm-hmm. chaos because that's all I ever knew. I grew up completely different from you. You and I, you know, probably couldn't be more polar opposite, which I, I love that for you. And I don't regret it for me whatsoever, only because of the simple fact that I'm still here and alive yes. today. And this is my story. So if I was dead and we weren't having this conversation, <laughs> I would wish it was a little different, but we're not. And so I, I, I hold no remorse over the fact that, the, you know, whatever my earlier years were, were like that. But, uh, you know, I was just, I was addicted to that fast lifestyle. Me personally, I was addicted to just, you know, chasing women and, and just getting in trouble yeah. and pushing the limits. You know, when I would you know, go out and get drunk, I would, you know, I think you touched a little bit, you would do things that embarrassed you and you'd wake up. Like I would always just, man, like we, you mentioned, you mentioned highest of the highs and lowest yes. of lows. Yeah. Because like, I, you know, like sometimes like you'd be drinking and it's like, you know, if you're out and everything and I'm like, I look cute, I've got a dress on, like I felt like a superstar, you know, so it's just like the highest of the high, you're having fun with your friends, you're laughing, you know, like everyone's paying for shots and you're getting this around, somebody else is getting another and it's just so much fun and everyone's having a great time. And then the lowest of the low is just like waking up just like, you know, like just violently sick and just the complete opposite. So you're just like on a mountain and you just go crashing right down to the valley and it just sucked. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. You, um, you also mentioned, I I heard you talk about somewhere that, um, you know, when you found yourself drinking more regularly, you would set a goal and you would get close to that goal, but because you would drink, you would all of a sudden then stop and then lose focus on that goal and get away. Can you give an example of like, you know, you were working towards a goal and because of your drinking, like that goal got put on pause and then you had to go start from scratch. Like, you know, it's like um, fitness and everything. So like, you know, running and working out and everything. And it's just like, yeah, I'm getting close to my goals and it was just like, oh, yeah, you know, you just slip up and then, you know, like have it like drinks over the weekend and everything. And then it feels like you're just starting from nothing or with my writing because I really, really enjoy writing. So, you know, like working on something that was really exciting to me and then like getting that momentum going. And then again, just like Friday rolls around. It's just like, oh, yeah, you know, I'll go out for one or two, whatever. And then cut to Sunday. And it's just like that entire weekend, like that time, the momentum and everything was just completely broken. So just starting over again, like it's, it's like riding a bike up a hill. Like you've got to give her before you even get to the hill. You can't, you know, kind of half-ass it and then halfway up the hill start going kind of, I don't know if that analogy made any sense, but um, yeah, like just, just losing the momentum and then having to start over again. And, and just once you break that momentum and you break that concentration for me anyway, it's just really hard to get it back. So again, it was just like, it's just compounded. And, and the, the one thing that I, that, that all of this has in common is just through drinking, whatever happened, no matter how much fun I had, the end result was always the same. I always felt like a loser. I felt like an idiot. I felt like, you know, like I was just wasting time, wasting my life, making like dumb choices and it just didn't feel good. And the older I got, the more I was just kind of like, is this like, this just kind of feels like, a reoccurring thing. It feels like I'm on a loop and 
I like, how long am I going to keep doing this? Am I going to keep doing this until I die? Like, am I going to do something better? Am I going to wake up and, and regret all the things that I never did because I was doing like this? So yeah, for me, it was just like, it was just kind of sitting down and thinking about it and thinking about it. And, you know, if I did drink too much, just thinking about it and thinking about it and just playing it over and over until one day I'm just like, no, I'm done. Did that like <clears throat> did that when you were when you were thinking about that a lot and you'd find yourself, you know, day after day or week after week, did that like did you see that affecting um, like your mental I, health? I don't think so. Like, I mean, I'm pretty good at bouncing back. Like, I mean, I work, I've um, you know, I've got a home and everything. So like there I couldn't get too out of control or anything, or uh, you know, and with mental I mean, maybe it did affect my mental health a bit because like I, you know, would just sit and I'd ruminate about it and it would just it would just suck. And I like hated feeling like that. So yes, perhaps it did. It did, you know, adversely affect my mental health probably did, but I I've never thought about it that way. You know, I love, I just, I, I love that you caught it. You know, <clears throat> I, I, I speak in front of groups often and I, I speak in front of people in recovery a lot. And, you know, one common thing I, 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 I try to put this analogy to them. I say, Hey, who has kids? And then, you know, so many of them will raise their hands and I'll be like, don't you wish like when we talk to our kids, don't you wish they would just li like listen to us? And, and we told them like, Hey, don't do this, you know, learn from me. Don't you wish that they would just follow what you say and their life will be so much easier. And everybody's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, well, that's mm -hmm. what I'm saying to you. You know, you don't need to, don't need to do this, but how many of you are still going to do it? Like the majority, I don't, I don't want them to answer yeah. the question, but the majority of them are, but I put that analogy to them, like you're a grown up, and we are telling you, if you keep doing this, this is what's going to happen. And I go back to the yet. It's like, you're going to, and when I'm talking to groups, I'm usually talking to guys in, in jail, or I'm talking to guys that just got out of prison. I'm talking to guys that are off the streets of being homeless. And I'm like, you guys know right. the lowest of low. Like you just got out of a 12 prison stint. Like you were homeless right now. Like we need to now be the change we want to see and you guys already know what you need to do, but this disease mm -hmm. is cunning, powerful, and baffling. So it's like I'm talking to these guys, and I'm like, you guys don't have to drink again. But it's such a difficult thing, especially when you're so deep into it. But when I put that analogy out there, I'm like, don't you wish you could just take your kids and, like, they would just learn from you? I'm like, well, that's what I'm telling you. I wish you guys would just learn from me. And you guys have already gone down the road that I've gone down, if not farther than when I went. So, you know, you guys should be able to – respect this but cunning powerful baffling so you know listening to your story and that you saw that this was going somewhere and you were so proactive and forward thinking and you stopped like oh, i have so much you. respect like, I mean, for that. It, you have no idea you know speaking about it it seems it seems like you look at it a bit differently when you're actually living through it um but yeah like looking back now i i am quite proud of myself because at first i'm just like okay well this is no big deal like it just kind of sucks because i'm the only one out of my friends who doesn't drink anymore you know kind of thing but um you know just over this almost a year like i i'm incredibly proud of myself because i know that it's not something it's easy to pay lip service to something and say yeah i'm gonna stop doing it and and not so i'm i am very proud of myself Do you think you've saved, I know when you, you were talking with Ben in your podcast, Ben referred to it as uh, making a deposit or taking money out. How much money do you think you've saved for not from not drinking? Do you think it's a significant uh, well, amount I or just do you think this, it's um, sober counter thing um, that tells you, because I thought like, 
um, you had to put in an average of how much you drank. So, I mean, I didn't drink like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, whatever. So um, it was about like maybe like something minor, like $10 a day. So it's, you know, cause when I did drink, like I would just buy like some cheap bottle of wine or something and then get plastered on that. Um, so it, it, wasn't like it's nothing like ten thousand dollars or anything but over the over the entire year um i think it's let me just check yeah it's nothing like it's nothing huge or anything um it is sorry one second um oh three thousand twenty nine dollars and thirty four cents and that's a female you know (laughs) i look at these things and i always laugh because i'm like there's a difference between a female yeah. and a male because females, males, like we go out, it depends on how you drink. I went to the bars every night. So I, had, I had what they call FOMO. I don't know if you've ever heard of the acronym FOMO. It's fear of missing out. I had to be in that social environment. I didn't want to miss out on everything, anything. I was I had a cross addiction. Uh, I mean, I was always out just doing the worst thing. But I would literally go out and I would just not even bat an eye at a $200 bar tab. And this is, mind you, in the early 2000s. When that's like four hundred dollars now, and so girls like you want to say three thousand dollars in a year, and that's a girl amount for me. That would have been like one hundred fifty. <laughs> that's like house money. <laughs> <laughs> it's just insane. Like, oh my god, how much guys spend on alcohol? It just absolutely just blows my mind. And I'm just, oh, I'm so glad great? I'm not in that life anymore. But it's freaking amazing. Um, so you're coming up on a year. Do you have any plans yeah, for, uh, have you thought about, about it at all? Doing a hike and uh, bringing up, I found this non-alcoholic champagne that I really like. So I was thinking about going up to the top of the mountain in the Rockies, popping the champagne and just giving a toast to myself. Yeah. That is, that's so amazing. What, um, you know, when I, when I, when I, when I, when I talk and, you know, I'm talking to try to, uh, to inspire, uh, people in addiction and I, I just re- recently did this on a uh, on a, a documentary i said you know for the addicts they said what would you say to the addicts and that's still suffering like what to motivate them and i would i always say like all those things we ever jumped about as a child that we ever jumped about and we wanted we always wanted we're still mm-hmm. capable of those and we still deserve those like we still we deserve everything we've ever jumped up i don't care what it is you still deserve it and it's still there for you i don't care if you're getting sober at 20 if you're getting sober at 40 you know, we are capable of anything we want to. Uh, addicts and recovery are above average intelligence. I really believe that. Mm-hmm. Capable of absolutely incredible things. So, you know, I, I, I commonly say that. What what thing that you dreamt of are you – do you want – are you, um, you going to achieve next? I mean, I would like to, like – I don't know. It's, um, I'd like to, like I, I mentioned before that I really like writing. I would, um, eventually like to, um, make writing my, my full-time gig, like what I earn a living off of. I'm not too sure how that's going to play out quite yet. I'm not too sure whether it's, um, like how that's going to work, but I'm sticking to my blogging for now and I'm just doing, I'm working at little goals and, and just building up my confidence. So, um, right now it's like fitness goals and before it was hiking goals and I've, I'm like crushing those ones. Um, so yeah, the writing, the writing is next, but I, I try to live in the present. I try not to, you know, freak out too much about what has passed because a lot of the times I'd think about how much time I wasted. And like, if I had only, you know, done things differently years ago, I'd have been so much farther ahead now, blah, blah, blah. But there's nothing that we can do about that. 
And then I also think that living too far in the future is a bit anxiety inducing. So I try my very best to live in the present, but with goals. So I make goals and, and, you know, as I attain the goals and I make new ones, I do know that writing is something that's really important to me and somehow, some way I'd like to, you know, parlay that into, into a career, but I'm not too sure quite how I'm going to do it yet. That's, that's cool. You know, we're going we're gonna to wrap up right here. Um, seize the day. Carpe diem. I love that when I heard that from you. You know, I'm so glad you reached out to me and you wanted to because, you you know, you said it, you thought this was an important topic because there was other people out there that might, you know, feel like they are imposters or they don't qualify, but totally. they do. Their feelings are justified. They're, you know, our lives are super important mm-hmm. to us and that's important overall, whether become homeless or you just don't like hangovers like mm-hmm. i don't care i don't care what your rock bottom is i want your rock bottom to be your first time you drank and you got drunk off mike's hard lemonade or if you remember of zimas or no, tequilas <laughs> and, no and, and, mike's hard yeah definitely but yeah no, not those other ones <laughs> Maybe Zima, Zima's a malt liquor. Maybe, maybe that, maybe those are American things, but I really hope your rock bottom was just a one, your first time you drank. I, I, I really genuinely do. So, you know, you said that you think lots of people out there might not speak up as much because they think they don't qualify. Everybody qualifies. And, you know, I, I, I love that, that you wanted to be on here. Oh, I just want to thank you, you so much. So thank you so much really for your time. It. Yeah, of course. Um, this is I, I I really hope people go to your IG and look at your your page. Your page is amazing. Your pictures are gorgeous. The countryside out there in Canada, the places you've been to, you went to and you drank fresh mineral water that you yes, said it was the best tasting water you've ever had. Years, so I uh, drag my bottles out there and fill them up every few weeks. Yeah, it's like right in the mountains. Yeah, it's very cool. Very very is, like I I love living out here. Although I would prefer to live in LA more, but yeah, we'll get to that. That's all. <laughs> Yeah, well, I just learned I can't ever go to Canada because I have a felony on my record. So I guess I'm never going to go see Canada. (laughs) I don't know as far as it is. That's not going to happen. But um, I'm going to say bye to you right now, Nicole. Is there anything you'd like to say to anybody as you go? We pretty much covered it. But I, again, really appreciate you giving me a platform to, you know, kind of speak out to those people who, again, maybe feeling uh, in a similar way where, you know, they're not too sure whether or not they qualify. They're not too sure if they've got a problem. If you are thinking about it, then perhaps there's a reason there's something in your subconscious that's telling you that there is a problem and perhaps it would do you good to listen to it, to explore it, to um, just not ignore it. I love that. Um, thank you so much. Uh, Nicole Walker Lyons, <laughs> one of the fanciest, the fanciest name I've ever had as a guest on this podcast. Hands down by far. Nicole, thank you so much. I'm going to say bye to my listeners right now. Everybody that took the time to listen to this, I just want to thank you. Uh, you guys could be anywhere doing anything. You're taking the time to listen to this. Uh, Nicole touched base really quick on a topic that I love to talk about at the very end, and that was short-term thinking versus long-term thinking. You know, my active addiction, I never thought long-term. And the reason why I never thought long-term is because I didn't care if I was alive tomorrow. I only thought short-term. And it, for me, it was just, it was this active addiction had just taken everything, my dignity, my self-esteem, my pride, everything away from me. And everything it took, recovery and sobriety gave back to me. So I'm just so blessed to be here. 
having a podcast. I don't care if two people listen to this or 102 people or 10,000 people listen to this. You know, I'm here today and I feel blessed and so grateful. Thank you guys, everybody, for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day.